Hello, thanks for joining us for the second part of our mental health podcast. This is part of the CND clinical podcast series. You would have heard us speak earlier on to Shabir Malik, and thanks for joining us for this second part. I had a conversation with Melissa Cochran, a member of the charity Pharmacy Support. Pharmacy Support does a lot of work to support pharmacists, as the name implies, to do with how you're getting on with not just your mental health, but with your financial situation, with addiction, with anything that you need help with as a pharmacist, they are there to contact. So earlier on this month, I had a chat with Melissa Cochran, who was very good and was able to give us such a good insight into what the organization does and what the organization stands for. So without further ado, I'd like to jump into the conversation we had earlier with Melissa. Melissa, thank you very much for agreeing to do this interview with us today. Great to be here. Thank you. Just before we get started, I was just wondering if you just give us a quick introduction about yourself. I'm the Wellbeing Development Manager at Pharmacist Support. I've been at the charity for about a year now, so I'm still relatively new to the world of pharmacy. But I came to the charity having been a counselor and psychotherapist for many years, and I've become more and more interested in well-being and what contributes to individuals' well-being as my career has progressed. And so it's been really great to come on board with pharmacist support and to be working towards well-being with lots of pharmacists, pharmacy students and trainees. Oh, that's great. How have you found working with pharmacists? Because we are a unique bunch. (laughs) Yeah, I've found it great, to be honest. As I said, I've always been keenly interested in what makes people well. And I joined during the pandemic. So it was during a time when people are, a lot of people are struggling, pharmacists included. And it's been a chance for me to look with the charity at well-being practices that really work, look at how this works within pharmacy and how we can get this information out best to pharmacists. You know, the pharmacy support was using the five ways to well-being which I thought was really forward thinking when I joined the organization, because it's a great way of looking at supporting well-being from several different angles. And that really fits with my philosophy about looking at well-being holistically, not just from an eat well perspective or make sure you get enough exercise or take care of your mental health. You kind of have to look at it all as a package in order to achieve well-being. And I think pharmacist support was already doing that. And so it was great that I was able to to step in and just contribute to what they had already started. It's been great working with pharmacists, students, and trainees to help impact their well-being. While I'm still new to the world of pharmacy, I've certainly seen some common issues around stress and burnout particularly. So those are areas we're really looking at the charity at the moment. Well, I was actually in practice during the um, pandemic thing, so I've got a lot of things that you're saying and for having I was quite glad that pharmacy support was an organization that exists. Um but for those of our listeners that haven't really had any contact with pharmacy support, could you just give us a little explanation of what you guys do as an organization? Yeah, so pharmacist support is the profession's independent charity. And so we provide a range of free and confidential services to pharmacists and their families 
former pharmacists, so even retired pharmacists, trainees and pharmacy students in Great Britain. So some of the services that we provide are financial assistance for people who fall upon hard times, specialist advice in debt, benefits, and employment law, addiction support, information and inquiries, counseling and peer support, and our Wardley Wellbeing Service. So we've got a really nice range of services that we're able to provide. A little bit of history if you're interested. So we were established 180 years ago now, but in 2019, yeah, it's a long time, but in 2019, following sector-wide market research, we refreshed our mission and decided to focus on championing the well-being of our pharmacy family. And we also refreshed our vision that no one in their pharmacy family will face challenging times without us by their side. So we then created a new five-year strategy that was launched in January 2020. And it's actually really provided us with a really good focus during the pandemic. We've been working on increasing our profile in the sector and responding to increases in demand for our support and the changing needs of the profession. Yeah, that is actually really amazing that you guys have been around for that long. I just wanted to inquire, because as a charity, can any pharmacist really use your services or do you have to be registered or do you have to be in a particular sector of the pharmacy world in order to use your services? We do have eligibility criteria. You have to be a pharmacist. You have to be registered or have been registered in order to access our services. But all of the eligibility criteria is on our website. We try to make it as inclusive as we can. What advice would you really give current pharmacists working in the sector about how to maintain their mental health? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think probably the most important thing within the sector would be for workplaces to try to reduce stigma around mental health. So we all have mental health and sometimes it's better and sometimes it's not as good. There's no one out there who doesn't experience this. I think normalizing conversations about this would be a huge first step. So particularly if there's someone in a leadership position who's willing to share their own experiences with mental health, it takes a lot of courage to do that. What it can do is open the doors for other people to talk about it. So if people can see leaders talking about their own experiences, in a way it gives permission for others to have discussions about mental health too, without fear of judgment. So I think open conversations is a really, really great place to start. In terms of what individuals can do to manage their own well-being, there's lots that people can do. We've worked really hard to try to support this as well, and we have workshops that are available that pharmacists can take. These can be accessed via our well-being learning platform, and you can find that online. We've got other resources, self-learning modules, but one thing I'd like to emphasize is that well-being is It's not something that you just do when you're not feeling well. It works best when you make it a part of your regular routine and we can support with that. So our charity has shifted our focus over the past five years to focusing on proactive support. So obviously we're here to assist people through any challenging times that they may be facing, but ideally if we can, we want to prevent them from getting there in the first place. 
And that's where a lot of this proactive well-being resource comes in that you can find on our website and our well-being hub. It's great you mentioned being proactive because I think that's one thing that a lot of pharmacists, especially community pharmacists, kind of feel to do. We wait until it's bad before we seek help because we're so focused on helping others and doing things for others. It's very easy to neglect what you're going through yourself. So I like the fact that you guys have a proactive approach. Is there anything you're doing to get that information out there to pharmacists before they get to that stage? Yeah, so we have our Act Now campaign, which has been running for a while now. This is something that we've really geared to get this information out. We have Act Now campaigns for students, trainees, and pharmacists. And these are really awareness-raising campaigns. And I would encourage anybody listening to sign up for our newsletter because then you'll get information about the signing up for the Act Now campaign. Then you will get all of this great proactive material out to you. So that's one thing that we're doing. And then, of course, we're reaching out to all kinds of organizations to try to make sure that people understand who we are and what we have to offer. That's good. And also, I'd just like to take this opportunity to say that we will have um, details for pharmacist support in the podcast and in the information below. So if anyone is interested, do feel free to have a look. And actually, we will encourage you to go have a look. Just one final question before I let you go. So basically, you mentioned that the pandemic kind of changed. Have you noticed as an organization a change in the sector since we've been going through this pandemic when it comes to the mental health of um, pharmacists? Yeah. So basically, last year, we got some funding from the COVID-19 healthcare support appeal to begin to offer funded counseling sessions for pharmacists because we were noticing that people were at times really struggling. So we started by offering up to six sessions of counseling that we would fund. But what we found is that a lot of cases that were coming through were more complex and people needed more help than that. So we were able to make the decision to extend the number of funded counseling sessions up to 12. So we're able to respond to mental health need by offering up to 12 funded counseling sessions. We've also been working to expand the capacity of our listening friends scheme, which is like our peer support scheme. So anybody who's maybe having trouble at work or in their studies or in, you know, as a trainee can call up and speak to a pharmacist about the difficulties that they're having and receive support from them. So another thing that happened was that there was a lot of interest in our well-being workshops, but the way that we used to have it set up, you had to take a workshop through an organization. So we decided to set up our own well-being learning platform that any pharmacist can sign up for. So that has really made our workshops much more accessible to people. In terms of the types of inquiries we're receiving, the types of inquiries haven't changed too much, but the issues pharmacists are facing are complex. And this is putting pressure on our pharmacy family. And so the different issues that people are facing range from staff shortages, concerns about terms and conditions at work, complications with studies, exams and placements, 
and dealing with abusive or difficult customers. So pharmacists have been on the front line, as you'll be well aware, providing care, compassion, reassurance to the public. And we recognize that the pandemic has piled additional pressures and stress on pharmacists. So we're concerned about the potential for burnout across the profession. Laz, thank you very much for that statement. I think I can actually attest to that myself because the pressures during the pandemic did make it a lot difficult, not just for myself, for a lot of pharmacists. And if organizations like you being around does make it a lot easier and better. So having someone to talk to about these things really does help. I'll just give you a final opportunity to just do some plug-in. So from any listeners that wants to contact Pharmacist Support, what would be the best way for them to do that? You can head to our website, pharmacistsupport.org. We've got our Act Now campaigns. If you sign up for our newsletter, you'll get lots of information about those. And we would really like to get people involved in our campaign as much as possible. You can find out information on our website about our Listening Friends program, the counseling. We've got addiction support. We've got financial assistance, all sorts of advice. I think it's important to note that we're not just there for people in times of crisis, but we really want to be able to support people before they get to that point. We really want to be able to help people to maintain their well-being much earlier than that. We've got lots and lots of resources on our website and available on our well-being learning platform to help people with that. So please definitely visit our website, have a look and see how we can help. And thank you, Melissa. I would like to extend a huge thank you to Melissa for the time that she spent with us explaining um, what the organization does. I would like to tell you listeners, there was a part in that interview where I asked Melissa about what happens if you're not a pharmacist. And I do have to say that Pharmacist Support has gone back to us and has confirmed that even as a non-pharmacist, although the charity is set up just to support pharmacists, they do have several tools and several material online for the other members of the pharmacy team if they need which is really good because there is no pharmacist without the other members of the team so i'd like to take this opportunity to say a big thank you to melissa for the time that she came and spent with us and a big thank you to you the listeners for spending the time and for listening to the second part i really hope you have liked these few episodes so far and i hope that you do tune in to listen to our next part of the clinical podcast where we will be talking about dental health now dental health is something that we don't seem to pay that much attention to as pharmacists so i've got a few guests coming in to discuss the issue with us and it should be a really good podcast if you have enjoyed what you've heard so far do feel free to subscribe do like and do interact with us on the social media and if you haven't listened to the first part here where i talked with Shabir Malik, do give it a listen. Thank you very much. Take care. Goodbye.